1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 and 3. Follow the way of love and earnestly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. See, primal to this local fellowship and to the vineyard worldwide is this deep and this insatiable calling to experience the love of our Father God and to proclaim his same love to this world around us. We have graciously come to know something that this world hasn't fully understood. And by this, I mean our Father's love really does change everything. Several weeks ago, I ran into a man during a birthday celebration. Now, crowded in the kitchen of the home, Rick shared a bit of his own story with me. It included a a deep love for God. I mean, that was over, that was uh, really apparent. And a burning in him to preach the gospel to the saved and the unsaved alike. His wife said, watch out for him because he might be looking for a slot in your pulpit. (laughs) But it also included really two benchmark encounters with the Holy Spirit, his life. He said the first was a surprising power encounter that he had with the Holy Spirit as a young, unsaved boy attending youth camp with some of his friends. And with absolutely no grid for the things of the faith, much less what he'd encountered, it took another 30 years before God finally caught up with him. And before people moved us along so that they could get at the food because we were blocking everything, Rick shared something I hear from people time after time. He shared that he'd had yet another encounter with God almost 13 years ago, and it led him to be an entirely changed and different man. He said, from that, from that day, I have never looked back. See, our, our Father's love really does change everything. Fundamental, though, to any sustained ministry and the power of our Father's love is this genuine need that we have to personally practice and to live out of that place of love and intimacy with Him. But the other is to actually practice ministering to one another and to play our part in that. As the vineyard here in Kamloops and our vineyard globally, we understand that one of our core objectives is to to really to equip God's people for the work of ministry. Essentially to train ordinary people to do extraordinary things. On the flip side of this great news is a reality that we live in a world that follows and hallows after superstar personalities, doesn't it? You know, whether they're in the spectrum of entertainment or in the political life, (laughs) we won't go there. But in churches that believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and openly practice God's presence, we preach that we can experience the kinds of miracles that we read about Jesus and his apostles doing. Do you believe that? Yes, 
yes, would be the answer to that, maybe. I'm still thinking about it. I don't know. But see, not unlike the hero-seeking kind of cultures that we have around us, we can just as easily fall prey to the same trap of elevating somebody, of creating a crusading man or woman of God and pressure them to perform and entertain us with all their prophetic words and healing from a microphone or wherever that might be. The unfortunate outworking of all of this business is that we can fall into the role of spectator. Instead of moving on to the pitch as a a bona fide and a crucial member of God's whole body. The work of God's kingdom requires community. Debbie and I are sold out to that notion and that idea that it's the whole body, all of us working and cooperating with one another and with the Holy Spirit. It requires a team effort. And like any team sport I know, there is no player, none of us, out there who can operate as team without first practicing and playing their parts. When Debbie and I joined the Vineyard Movement in the 90s, we were introduced to this entirely different way of looking of our role as followers of Jesus and as leaders in the ministry of God's kingdom. The phrase that the Vineyard's co-founder, John Wimber, was known to often say was, everybody gets to play. John's goal was to create opportunities for normal people to do extraordinary things. Steve Nicholson, a, a former colleague who trained under John, shared, and shared that John gave away his testimony. John would teach on any number of important themes from the Bible and God's kingdom, and in special sessions, he would often model ministry for people on a stage or in a home, wherever, he, wherever, wherever that took place. John was always listening and he was looking for the work of the Holy Spirit in the midst of people's gathering, just as we're doing here. He was constantly looking to encourage God's people and stirring them up in the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, the the Holy Spirit is, is wanting to partner with you and I, with his church. And in more formal gatherings, John would share the stage, inviting budding leaders to come forward to present words of knowledge for people. But then John would release the church and his leaders to to facilitate the stuff of hands-on ministry to encourage the whole body to minister to one another. We were witness to it in Denver, and we participated in it, both in receiving prayer and praying for others. And then he would simply exit out of the backstage and go home for the night. The ministry's just getting started and John's gone. He's left the building. (laughs) But see, John knew something. He knew that the action wasn't always on the stage, but it was all, all around the room. Those teaching and training events always gave room for people to be discerning, to begin to discern how to hear God's voice and then learn how to pray for one another, to act on the things that they're hearing. Now, it's our intention here to do some of this 
same during our times when we meet, wherever we meet. Now, I want to encourage you to turn off this pressure that we feel to perform. Do you ever feel that? God, what if I don't hear anything, you know? And we're going to just stand here for a long time. Maybe if I just help God out and make something up, I, you know, I mean, it happens. But we've got to learn to wait for the Lord. We've got to learn to be discerning of his presence. Some of the best words I had from people who were notable prophetic type people were no words at all. I remember, uh, I remember the Jardines ministering to me and Louise turning to me finally and they'd had all kinds of words for my brother-in-law beside me. I'm like, man, they could have written a book. <laughs> and then she turned to me and she had this blank expression on her face. <laughs> she says, I'm sorry, but I don't hear anything for you. <laughs> And I said, that's God's answer. It's okay. I hear him in that. It's good. That was me trusting God in the moment. God's in control. Would it have been nice? Yep. In the spot, it would have been nice. But, but I knew some things and God was, God was, God and I were Okay. We're going to take the pressure off. Now, here's the simple truth. Whenever we gather, I don't know if you've figured it out yet, but all of our times when we gather, they're not going to look the same. Right? Isn't that good news? The problem that we can have is that we have such a glorious and grand event is that we can tend to want to create a box, put God in it, and want to recreate it every time. It's an age-old problem that we have. Actually, that, that almost borders on addiction, to be honest with you. God doesn't want that for us. He wants, he wants to be present. He wants us to realize that, that he is present and treat him like you would treat a person. With honor, with reverence, and with, you know, with a capacity to listen and to know that you know, that there's some things on his heart too. And they might look a little different this week than they did last week or this home group from this, that home group, this workplace experience from that workplace experience. God's always doing something different. He's a person. Jesus, you know, Holy Spirit is a person. A person of God is, he's always up to something. Our times of gathering aren't always going to look the same. The Holy Spirit, though, he's the one orchestrating the ministry of God's kingdom. He's it. We're not on our own. We're working with him. Our role is to be discerning of his voice and to follow his lead. We want to create and maintain a, a safe environment so that people can come alongside even, yes, some recognized leaders and practice ministry to others. Coming alongside a recognized leader is to come along somebody who's made some mistakes in their time. 
Hopefully. Hopefully you got a, a minor limp or two, you know? <laughs> the most shocking thing I ever heard from a prophetic voice was, was that I've never been wrong. That's a whole other story. I've never been wrong. That was when the lights all came on and, and the pastor of that particular church rethought the idea of an open pulpit to that particular man. Yeah, that was, that's when everything kind of got interesting. Let's leave that alone. But see, beyond these walls, we, we want to create other places through our weeks where, where we purposely gather to learn and to live out our faith in community. And sometimes that's just flat out celebrating and eating and having fun together. Other times it's we're ministering in, in the Holy Spirit to one another. We're asking God, what have you got for us? Did you bring something to this party that we need to open up? Like, you know. And we need to... Equip Jesus' followers for the work of ministry. I'm still learning and practicing. I don't know about you. How many of you got it all figured out? <laughs> I thought I did. <laughs> yeah, no. But we need to practice and, and train as ordinary people in doing extraordinary things. Maybe it's, you know, you think about some of our biblical narrative, the little boy who, who all he did was to share his lunch. And that, that lunch, when he gave it to Jesus, fed over 5,000 people. Wow. Maybe all you got is a little bag lunch that mom made for you. That's all you got to share today. Well, then start sharing. Let's see what happens. Get Jesus to bless it. Well, words can be like that, right? Ministry can be like that, just a simple word, a simple thing that we take out of our little crinkled lunch bag and we offer to the, whatever God's doing, just offering it to Jesus who shares it with others. It's beautiful. Maybe it's a teenage girl in some first century Palestine who obediently and faithfully accepted God's invitation to carry and birth the Christ child. That one's been done. You don't, we don't need to worry about trying to do that one again. Jesus isn't coming back that way again. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. <laughs> oh boy. Wow. Take the pressure off. Everyone gets to play though. Our scriptures are filled with stories of ordinary people being used by God to do extraordinary things. Things that are going to bring about the redemption of heaven and earth. The kingdom of God is is always itching and preparing to break in in extraordinary ways on this earth, to fill this earth with his glory. He watches. He looks. He's always waiting, always willing to change situations, to free people from the painful grip of death and decay. Because after all, his son has already come the kingdom of God has been inaugurated on the earth and he just wants to see the kingdom continue to roll out and for us to work with him in that. Over and over again, we see God inviting, inviting us, inviting people, commissioning, empowering broken humanity to join him in bringing about the redemption of everything that was formerly lost. 
one of the weaknesses in our church in our 20th century, 20th century is this direct result of what scholars called modernism. Are you familiar with that term? Yeah. It's based on the premise that if we just give people the right ideas, the right knowledge, then they'll live happy and satisfied lives. Simply having intellectual knowledge does not lead people, however, to live meaningful and satisfying lives. It, it, it helps. Knowledge is good. Some. <laughs> Maybe not all. Some. John Wimber, the spiritual father of our vineyard movement, instinctively knew that the church had been given to the same error of thinking. John believed that the church had become more concerned with telling people what to believe instead of showing them how to actually live it out. Wow. So here we are. Here we are facing this awesome responsibility and opportunity to practice the ministry of his Holy Spirit. And as someone who is charged to help shepherd God's people and to foster the work of his Holy Spirit among us, Debbie and I can't and we won't do this alone. So we do our part. We do our part to promote opportunity for people to practice and play their part in the ministry. This includes being purposeful to release and to raise up leaders who are practicing and playing as overseers in the work of the Holy Spirit. It, as leaders, we're continually learning this fine art of listening for the voice of the Lord and then acting out of that place to minister to others. <laughs> I like to believe that we're supposed to get better at this with the more practice that we have. I tell that to myself often. We're supposed to be getting better at this, right, Jesus? Right? We're also learning to help discern what the Spirit is saying and doing and, and include others in praying for one another. For praying for one another. For all of us, this is the stuff of discipleship. This is the stuff of being a follower of Jesus, and we never stop being a follower. In a sec here, I'm gonna invite Marvin up. I just both called you John, Marvin. I was then I was going to call you Juan, but you know. I mean, you can pretty well read that. Something Jesus and I just crafted up together. But the number one most important quality of being a good follower of Jesus is to, and to flourish in the ministry of God's kingdom, I believe is to walk humbly with God and with men and to remain teachable. And the other is, is that we have to have a willingness to risk and to, and to reach for a courage to say and do the things that God has shown us. Kind of like Mike's story that we opened up with this morning. I mean, Marvin, I can get you to come up here. Now, I've invited Marvin up here to share, and I don't know if it should come with a warning, but I, I'm, I'm going to trust that what he has to share is, is going to come as encouragement to you, but, 
But here, listen to him clearly. Listen to what he has to say. Listen to the dynamics of this uh, story and testimony that, that he and I have shared together that I, I think is important for us to hear. Now, I've, as I hand the mic off to you, I, I want to say something to you, and, and this is really a thrust of so much here today. I want us, I want to see us committed to learning. Um, I want to see us committed to cultivating and, and practicing healthy ministry. And, and even if that, part of that, you, you, know, you know, you might not want to hear this, but it, but it must include some kind of um, correction when it's necessary. And we've all, got to, we've all got to be willing to receive some of that correction, right? Test it, but we've got to be willing to receive it.